So dog detective is pretty good. It's it <laughs> dog detective. Dog detective dog. <laughs> I thought it was just. I thought you just said dog detective, no, and I was like, there's it, no way. There's, dog detective. There's no way. There's just a Scooby Doo car. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome back to Casual Commander. I'm Chris. And I'm Tim. And today we're going to start taking a look at some of these New Capenna Precon Commander decks. Uh, earlier last week, Tim and I took a little quiz that Wizards was putting out to see uh, what families or what what houses we belong in. And we're going to cover those decks for the houses that we both got. So we're going to hit two of them today because there's obviously only two of us. Uh, and and see what we think, you know, see see what we think of the cards currently in there. Think of the new commanders, some of the newer cards that they printed, as well as what we think we could include or re- replace to really improve the deck. You know, kind of think of budget slightly upgrade of a precon. Yeah, so I believe I got the Maestros, and Chris, mm-hmm. you got the uh, I can't I can never remember their name. Hold on. It's okay. I got the Brokers. The Brokers. That's what it is. The Riveteers. Yep. The Brokers. The Maestros. Uh, yes, hope- the Brokers. The Brokers are Bant. Riveteers mm-hmm. are Jund, which I'm surprised you didn't get. I am yeah. too. Yeah, like the entire time I was answering, I was like, I'm gonna get Jund, and then yeah. it like came out with the Maestros, and I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, weird. Yeah. Maestros, who you got, are Grixis. Mm-hmm. And then there's Cabaretti, which are Naya colors. And then Obscura, which are Esper. Mm-hmm. Look at me remembering all of that. Yeah, good for you. I that was... Don't even ask me about the Triomes. Yeah, right. If it, when, it, <laughs> when it comes to mobsters, I got it covered. I I think they they've done this like this is the second one in recent memory that I can think where they're like re kind of kind of renaming the color pairings, right? Like they try they tried to do it with the Strixhaven with the, they uh, they did like they changed Orzov to Strix or uh, Silver Quill, etc. Like they didn't change it, but they're now associated. And I don't know if they were trying to like make that the point and say like these are now the new names. But technically, technically, there are no official names for the color pairs and color identities. They are purely, purely just what the magic player base adopted well they adopted names already and i'm not learning new ones fair enough is my point <laughs> fair enough that's that's the same like when they introduced Strixhaven. you know they tried the new colleges and everyone's like no yeah this is still golgari yeah i you do know? remember most of the Strixhaven names but like it's getting to be excessive like yeah i'm gonna forget sure so, so yeah, we also have, we're going to have a quick discussion before that about just commander decks in general. And last but not least, if you like this kind of content, be sure to check out our Patreon. Uh, we'd love to have you guys supporting us as we continue to make new content for you. So a week ago, we decided, I mean, so Tim and I were talking and we decided we wanted to talk about this before we got into the deck analysis. About a week ago, someone asked a question to on Blogatog about, or stated on Commander that Someone said tomorrow, to contrast, I like commander decks being tied to a plane. I really couldn't stand the random monster slash person from random world with minimum creative strategy. I need to respect the legendaries I run. Morrow responded with, the data says you are in the majority. 
this sent Reddit into a tizzy. You know, people really are fans of having nondescript creatures and being able to play old creatures and having commander decks produced back like the original commander, like 17, you know, like in today's world, we're never going to get an Erebo deck. Yeah. We're never going to get a, a, a Edgar Markov deck like we once did because yeah. all of the current decks are tied to an individual plane. Well, we could have technically gotten a new one in a uh, Crimson Vow for markov if we wanted to we, like sure could've. we could have but they didn't <laughs> but they didn't because what what they've started to do is push that sets mechanics mm -hmm. in commander yeah right which i get i think there's pluses and the minus to both sides so what do you think tim like let's let's talk about the two different types of decks obviously there's the ones that are just what do you think the bonuses and benefits of getting those like Arabo or Edgar Markov decks are the once a year powerful decks the, they create a deck that like if I'm suggesting a deck for my friends to play because they're like, uh, I you know don't want to build one, but I'd go and pick one up. I would not feel bad about having them play that against my decks because if they play a pre-con against my deck, sometimes I'm sure they could pull a win out. Like, but for the most part, they're not, they're not, they're well tuned, but they're not like tuned for most so, casual. Like, are you, are you talking about like specifically those decks? Specifically like the, the powerful ones, like once a year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're referring to the decks once a year, powerful once a year. Yeah. Not yeah. the decks that they've already printed, which are pretty good. Just in general, that style. Okay. Yeah, yeah, like that style. Um, I mean, like the Edgar Markov deck, the Ur-Dragon deck, like some of the, the, the really powerful ones, the ones that are going for like three, $400, if you can find them, those are like really well-tuned and they're well-made. Mm -hmm. And like, and granted, they've got a couple cards in there that are like really beefing up that price, but they're sure. relatively high-tuned for what I think most people are at. I think the, the pre-cons are very much new player specific they really they they tunneled into that mentality of like a person who's completely new to magic can pick this up play it understand it and i get that so i do i do think that there are bonuses to that but then i also think like if someone's playing with their friends who have been playing for a while like your decks would stomp all over these pre-cons like, sure as a as a seasoned player you yeah. and i we buy the pre-cons to take out the good cards from the pre-cons. Exactly. <laughs> you know, whatever new cards they're printing, sometimes it's cheaper just to buy the pre-con deck than buy the singles. Yep. Which is sucks, yep. right? Because that's like a disservice to that deck. They, you know, Wizards spent time designing that deck. Mm -hmm. I know I don't owe any affiliation to keeping that deck the way it is, but I don't know. I, I see the merits in both. Mm -hmm. I think the best solution is a combination of the two. I think that I think having something like obviously for this cabaretti, right? Five commander decks because there's five color pairs. I get that. Mm -hmm. It's not fun, right? I know they invented like five new mechanics and we'll talk about them in these. Yeah. It's just it just feels like five is a lot. I'm not going to buy you buy one for your house. There's right? Like, like yeah. whatever house you get in. There's, just like Harry Potter. And there's there's like almost like 10 to 15 a year. Like Exactly. Like this time they came out with five. Last time in uh, Neon Dynasty, they only came out with two. So they vary it. 
but it's still mm-hmm. a crap ton of decks that come out and like one out of 10 is maybe going to be something I'm remotely interested in. And exactly. I think, I think that's the biggest, in my opinion, biggest drawback to these decks is they're, they're doing them to tailor them to the mechanics that they come up for with the set. And I, I understand the think like the thought behind that, but a lot of times these mechanics are like, how many mechanics have really stuck around in these past couple of sets? Like these new sure. mechanics, they don't really stick around. So you're buying a whole deck based off a mechanic that's not getting support. So exactly. like you're stuck with the pre-con. So exactly. I, so that, that's, I, that's I know 100% base. what you're saying. Yeah. That, that's your opinion. I get that. Yeah. I, I actually support it. Mm-hmm. What I think we should do is have two sets, two decks per main release. So and then per, per set, per not every not per set because you know like Modern Horizons two doesn't oh, shouldn't get commander decks yeah, and yeah, things yeah. like that. I think you get two precons per set and you put some of the good cards from that precon in mm-hmm. or from that set in. You know mm-hmm. why don't they put at least one of the new mythics in to yeah. this deck? You know stuff like that. Then in the summer or you know right before summer, right when school gets out, put out a three or four generalized decks and these decks i would be perfectly fine if they cost a little more but had some really good reprints in them uh, that's what i would prefer as well because when you make the like the not as often decks right they're probably going to be more inclined to put better reprints in them put a better land base in them and then charge a little extra and honestly most seasoned players would be totally fine with that i i think i guess i'm kind of generalizing but like i i feel like most people i talk to are okay with that idea like i'd spend more if you threw a shock land in there you know yeah exactly i'm not saying put in mana crypts no 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 you know but like what's charge charge like an 80 dollars for the deck and put like a doubling season in there yeah you know it's not on reserve list i know it's a money maker for them Mm -hmm. i don't know i don't know i mean I, That's my opinion. Yeah, I, I get why they do it. And I think what they're doing, like, in general makes sense. But that doesn't mean I like it, you know? Like, it's not... Yeah. I'm not inclined to buy the pre-cons. Because a lot of the times the, the mechanics just don't seem like they're going to stick around. And, and then I'm building a deck for a mechanic that's just not supported. Sure. Like, the last pre-con that I bought was the vehicles pre-con. Mm-hmm. Because there's already a decent number of good vehicles. Yeah. And there's a lot of artifact synergy. But if the if the precon came out and it had a thing like vehicles with X abilities, yeah. that makes it so much worse. And I feel like that's what a lot of these recent precons have really been focusing on, right? Like the Caldheim, yeah. like the the Caldheim spirit guy that gives everything foretell. Mm-hmm. Well, we've only ever had foretell in Caldheim. Blood if tokens. we had yeah. <laughs> Well, blood tokens synergize really well with zombies. There's lot or vampires. There's lots of vampire synergy with that. But but there's only one set with blood token generators. Sure. So like you're. But you're, that, I, are there other yeah, sets with blood tokens? No, no. There. That's the only set with blood tokens. But I feel like blood tokens. Anything that generates a token like that, I'm okay with. Okay. Because it's just a token. That okay, sure. There's no matter what some upside to having that token. It's an artifact. It mm-hmm. can draw. It can rummage. Right. Even if you don't make a single blood token, that deck is still going to work because it's all vampire based. And I there's mean, a lot fair. of established vampires. But the the commander is like 
his whole thing was about using blood tokens to sure cheat vampires out so like sure so i i get what you're saying and i do agree but i also still think that even though like blood tokens have other benefits the point is still that there is only one set that you can get blood token gener- generators sure. in. so if you're trying to fuel that deck mm-hmm. crimson vows your only option and so maybe maybe that's what like the summer sets are for is adding more cards to the pool to improve these newer mechanics that we haven't had the support of. And they've, they've come out with mechanics that I, I would like to see more of. Like some of them, I would say on the, on the majority, they're probably not, like they're fine for the most part, but they're nothing that really sticks out to me. Mm-hmm. But there's a, been a couple like shining mechanics that I would like to see more of. And then they just kind of don't. So I don't know if they're saving it for other other sets so they can make yeah. it thematically like work. But it just kind of feels bad. Like, like we're going to talk about it soon. I, I enjoy Casualty. I think it's a cool mechanic. I doubt they're going to make Casualty in any set in, like, the next two years. So, like, yeah. it just feels wasted, in my opinion. More more Mutate. Yeah, more Mutate. Exactly. More Mutate's another mutate. one. I loved Mutate. Give me more Mutate. So, uh, the, I think if they made, like, one or, like, like three powerful decks one time in the year, they wouldn't focus on mechanics that they're that aren't going to stick around and then i would feel like not like i'm wasting money on a deck that i can't endlessly upgrade you know sure i mean it's it's a tough thing right you buy a pre-con and you and i are like all right cool what can we replace so basically all the cards i bought are moot yeah whereas like edgar markov ur dragon there's always going to be dragon and vampire support and those decks were good and you can upgrade them and make them better or you can tame them down a bit because your friend group isn't that high powered like there's more options when they don't shoehorn them into the the set mechanics exactly so long story short we think the best option is a mix of both Mm. give us the the cheap pre-cons in each release but then also give us like the not eminence, but the eminence-like sets. Like, I missed the Windgrace period. When we got those four Planeswalkers, that was awesome. Yeah. Windgrace, Animatu, that was a there, really cool. But I don't think you played that. I yeah. didn't play, but like I know I know those commanders. I could name all those commanders, and I could not name any of the call time ones, right? Like, those yeah. were memorable. These, were, these other ones weren't. Exactly. I Just will... remember Kyler is better than Lenore. Sure, yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> I didn't remember either of them. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but I think that's another like another distinction that can be made and like what he's talking about. I wouldn't mind if they tied them to a specific plane and like ergo a specific set, but they don't have to like sure. tie them like shoehorn them into the mechanics. Like they could have done Neon Dynasty and just made a mythic that did something really cool that wasn't with the set. Like they didn't have to make a ninjutsu precon. They they kind of did that with the vehicles. Like I think they they did well with the vehicles because vehicles wasn't a huge like Neon Dynasty specific thing. But then with with you know all the other previous sets for the most part they are. So thematically I wouldn't mind keeping them in the plane if that's what, like what people like. But I think yeah I'd rather ha- have them kind of not be tied to the set mechanics because you're kind of really banking on the set mechanic either being really good or supported and yep just doesn't seem like they are no i agree i like i said put one put like the family mythic from the regular set you'll sell so many more of these boxes if you just put one they're trying to tie these things together right Mm -hmm. so like why is lord xander not in the maestro deck yeah small stuff like that i whatever at the end of the day i don't really care if it's tied to 
plane, if it's not tied to a plane, if you're getting old legendary creatures, if you're getting new legendaries that don't have any backstory to them, that doesn't matter to me. Just build a good deck. Yeah. You know, give me the value for the money that I'm putting into it. That's that's my opinion. And there's always going to be times that like you're trying to teach somebody new. So you go buy two off the shelf at Target and you sit down and play. Yeah. And I'm fine with that. And no one no one's going to care about the lore of those kinds of decks. Yeah. Cool. Oh, look, I'm attacking with Cormella, Glamour Thief. (laughs) She means nothing to me, but I don't care. (laughs) Right. How dare you? Right. But it's also fun to have like a Sisse deck come out once in a while. You know, oh, I had to it's think about, cool. Hmm? I said, I like, I had to think about Sissy for a second. I was like, who? You know, like Garth. We had the Garth card, but like, what if they built a deck around Garth One Eye? Yeah, stuff like that. Let's let's have some. Let's mix it up a little bit. I know, obviously, it takes time to design the decks and cards and balance them and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And obviously, they need to make money. So if they just fill a commander deck, charge a hundred dollars, and completely fill it with all these awesome reprints, that's going to tank prices of their stuff. I, it's it's. They had a record Whatever. year. They'll be fine. Yeah, they'll be okay. <laughs> and they raised prices 11%, but that's a different discussion. Oh, yeah. I don't think we ever discussed that on, on the... No. Guys, they're raising all prices on, like, packs by 11% most after people... having a profit year. Yeah, most people probably know that. I tweeted about it, and, like, it sounds like this is more Hasbro than... Oh, for sure. Ma- ...like Wizards of the Coast. However, it still impacts us, and, like... They're having a record year. So basically what Hasbro is saying is like, you're our only profitable thing. So now let's make you even more profitable, which I think in the long run is probably going to be a bad thing. Let's milk you for all your worth. I think they're going to see profits drop off because I feel like less people are going to pay 11% more for the same thing. Exactly. Honestly, we could have had a whole whole episode on that. (laughs) Anyway, now that we've basically given our extremely targeted opinions on pre-con commander decks tim what do you say we took a, take a look at some of these pre-con commander decks let's do it well what which ones do you want to start with chris uh why don't we usually start with my deck for these things so why don't we start with your deck for this one? Oh, thank your you. your family what family you in again i got the maestros mm-hmm. so Prem- let me let me preface this by saying at pre-release i started the game i started by going two and oh like winning my first two rounds mm-hmm. and got absolutely smoked by a maestro deck in the final round oh yeah it's casualty that good no obnixilis was that good oh okay okay yeah and li- i mean i don't know how big of an impact ob would have in like commander but in mm-hmm. limited huh yeah huh well you get two Kill right? one two yeah you get two of them yeah it's absurd yeah obnixilis that- sounded like a limp like i think we mentioned like he's he's good he sounds good in limited maybe not so much in commander he's probably gonna be fine in commander though like yeah I think he'd be fine in Commander. So, yeah. So, the Maestro's deck is called Maestro Massacre. Obviously, the Maestro's are very heavily vampire-themed, and the mechanic that they're focusing to synergize on is the casualty mechanic, which I I gotta say, out of the ones that they've come up with this set, that's probably, I think, the most interesting, in my opinion. I don't know if the Maestro's... I got the Maestro's, but we also just kind of took an online quiz, so, like, you know... Who knows if it's, how it's honestly a hundred percent accurate, Tim, to exactly you, <laughs> Tim. Come on, this is this has BuzzFeed written all over it. All right, and well. <laughs> and listen, I've never they've never been wrong about me. Yeah, there's so. I, they got they got the black, right? I I guess a little bit of the blue. I the my color. If I had to pick a color, just like pairing in general, it'd probably be Sultai. Of like just oh, my sure. favorite. So they got two out of the three, but obviously they didn't have a Saltai deck. So if they had one and I didn't get it, 
it obviously be wrong. Yeah, they replaced green yeah. with red, which yeah. is fine. Yeah, so replace what are you ramp, about? ramp with, I don't know, whatever burn. red does. <laughs> ramp with burn. Yeah. Great trade-off. <laughs> anyway. Who's the commander? The commander is Anello. I don't know if it's Anhello or Anello, the painter. He costs blue, black, red to get a legendary vampire assassin. He is uh, 1-3 power and toughness, and he's got death touch, and he says, the first instant or sorcery spell you cast each turn has casualty 2. Uh, I don't think we need to go over casualty. Like, we covered it pretty much. I think most people listening probably know what the casualty mechanic is. So, obviously, they're focusing on casting spells, and and especially the first one every turn, getting two of those spells and, and copying an instance and sorceries. So, kind of an interesting mechanic. Casualty, I think, is is pretty cool. It is only once a turn, so he's not it's not like that bad. Or sorry, it's shouldn't say not that bad. So like there's obviously like drawbacks to it, but sure. you can't flicker him or do any weird shenanigans to get it again. Like it just says the first instant or sorcery you cast each turn. So but it is each turn. So that you do get it you could technically get it four times before, you know, or four times in a in a round. So yeah, why don't we go through some of like the new creatures? I'll probably start off with the alternate commander, Parnes the Subtle Brush. Uh, she costs two blue, black, red to get a four-four legendary vampire wizard. It says whenever you or a permanent you control becomes the target of a spell or ability, an opponent controls counter that spell ability spell or ability unless that player pays for life. Whenever you copy a spell, up to one target opponent may also copy that spell. They may choose new targets for the copy. Kind of like, kind of a little interesting political thing going on. Maybe not political. I like that. I like her. I I really like the counter unless they pay for because it's like it's a very like demir thing to to like I will counter it or you'll have to like take some life. And then whenever you copy a spell, target opponent copies the spell as well, and then they pick new targets. That is going to be fun in multiplayer i think one-on-one it's just kind of gonna suck right because yeah. <laughs> it's like i wonder who the target is gonna be <laughs> yeah i think this deck in general has a ton of synergy with the strixhaven blue green school okay that was the one that was all about copying quandrix quandrix yes no uh, is it quandrix i thought it was quandrix no i think quandrix is blue green that's what you said. I said blue red. No, you did not. I say blue. Okay, blue green, blue red. <laughs> okay, Sorry. yeah. I was gonna say that's what I was thinking. Yes, I definitely think you're right about um the blue red. What was, I Prismari. 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 Yeah. They. Had I a, think that yeah. Yeah, they had a lot of stuff that was like whenever you copy an instant or sorcery, do X, and I mm-hmm. I agree 100. percent Which honestly, like this deck, if I'm building this deck. I want to load this deck up with as many instants as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. Looking at the current spell list, it's a lot of sorceries. Yeah, and you, you're you not going to get the casualty on other people's turns, so it kind of seems like it's you're missing out. Yeah. I really like Parnes, though. I think that's a fun card. I, I thought about it a little bit more after I said, like, in 1v1. It's actually not that bad in 1v1, right? Because you're copying a spell. They can target you. And, like, obviously they have no other choice for the target, unless it's, like, targeting, like, a a creature. But then they're Mm -hmm. still going to target your creatures. And then you just, you can counter it. And then they pay four, so they can get the spell, or they can get the spell and lose four life. Or they can just not get the spell, and then you just get, it's all the benefit, you know? Exactly. I'm also a big fan of Kess, Dissident Mage, being in this deck. Mm -hmm. 
She's the one that allow basically gives all of the spells and sorceries in your graveyard flashback. Yep. But they get exiled after. Mm-hmm. She's a great commander in her own right. I think she's a CEDH commander. Oh yeah, she definitely is. But having her in this deck is actually really, really good. Because once you, you know, cast your spell and you copy it, you're going to want to do it again. Why not get four casts, you yep. know? I think uh, the some creatures that they could throw in here that I feel like kind of weird that they didn't. What's it called? Electrostatic field. Whenever you cast an instant or a sorcery spell, electrostatic field deals one damage to each opponent. Just ping people. You're going to be pinging them for at least two. Gutter snipe. Is gutter snipe in there? No, gutter snipe's not in no, there. No, he's not. Goblin Electromancer's in here, which is good. Is he the one that gives... He's the one that reduces instant and sorcery spells. Yeah. What's the one... Hold on. There's another one that, like, makes treasures whenever you... Stormkilled Artist. Yeah, Stormkilled. Stormkilled Artist from yeah. Strixhaven. Again, another one that's really, really good. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with you. Prismari has a lot of stuff that you're probably going to want to put in here. He's the artifact one, honestly, dude. He's Lorehold. He's Lorehold? Is he? He might be a lower hold. He's just, he's mono red, so I don't really know. He could fit into both. But it's whenever you cast or no, copy. No, you're right. No, he's he's Prismari. He's okay. got the Prismari logo. Oh, okay. But yeah, obviously you could throw like a Talrand in here if you wanted to. Like, you know, just good value. Sure. Get some get some drakes. Uh, let's talk about a couple of the other the other new cards. So Dog Detective is pretty good. Dog detective. Dog detective. I thought you just said dog detective. And no, I was like, there's it, no way. Dog detective. There's no way there's just a good. Scooby-Doo card. <laughs> he, just, he just works really well with the casualty too. Yeah. Just a real easy outlet there. Mm-hmm. Body count, I think, is gr- good. Squee in this deck is awesome. I love Squee. <laughs> Squee's such Look, a you could kill him, exile him, doesn't matter. He's back. Do whatever you want. Yeah. Reminds me of the Brooklyn Nine Nine with uh, Pimento. Fire is on the table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean the creatures are all fine. Yeah, it's. I'm surprised it's a pretty low count for creatures in a precon deck, but I get it because it's all about spells. But mm-hmm. you need ways to you need creatures to sacrifice, which makes sense that a lot of the creatures in this deck are creatures that you could recur, yeah. like Bloodstoke Champion. But where is Reassembling Skeleton? Is he a 2-1 or 2-2? What is Reassembling Skeleton? Uh, He's a 1-1, one, one, I think. That's why he's not in the deck. Yeah. Never mind. Forget Reassembling Skeleton. I think because it's power, right? It's power. Yeah, you could throw... um Crap, crap what's his name? The guy with Raid. Or not Raid. He's in here. Bloodsoaked Champion. Oh, he is in there? Yeah, there you go. Yep, yeah, he's yeah. in here. Yeah, because he's 2-1. So he's great. Yep, exactly. Rekindling Phoenix is great in this deck, which is another really good card that they've included. Is that the new there's one? Lots of, there's lots of cards that you can include. Oh, no, I'm thinking of Cyrix, the Carrier of the Flame. There's also a really cool new enchantment in this deck that I think works really well with the whole casualty mechanic, and that's Determined Iteration. One in a red for an enchantment. At the beginning of combat on your turn, populate. The token, creature, the token created this way gains haste. Sacrifice it at the beginning of the next end step. Oh, that's, that's, cool. that's really good. This card would also be amazing in multi-combat decks. Oh yeah. Like put him in a the one the one from Zendikar Rising that gives you extra combats. Yeah, oh, crap. What was his name? I think it's Morog. Morog? A Torolf sounds right. Maybe that just is a name. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. Morog, Fury of Akum is who I'm thinking of. Wait, no, it doesn't. Oh, it does. He's got landfall. He's landfall extra combat battles. Dang, he's five bucks now. I got a question. I have an answer. For uh new card, waste management. 
costs two and a black. It's an instant, and it's got kicker three black. Uh, it says exile up to two target creature or two target cards from a single graveyard. If this spell was kicked, instead exile target player's graveyard. Create a 2-2 black rogue creature token for each creature card exiled this way. When you copy that, like say you casualty two that, uh-huh. does the kicker have to be paid for both copies? No. So you, you cast it, you kick it, yes. copy it with a casualty, and then you exile two target players' graveyards? That's a great question. Yes, if the original... Here's, here's the oracle ruling. If the original spell was kicked, the copy is kicked too. Other decisions made for the original spell, such as the value of X or the mode, are also copied. Okay. Which makes sense, right? Because yeah. like with my work deck, when I copy something, a fireball for 50, mm-hmm. you know, I'm also getting another fireball for 50. Yeah. So yeah. I so yeah, like you that. could exile. You, can, <laughs> you don't like that or you do? No, I do like that. That's a good new card. Yeah. You know, what is it? Two, three, seven mana. Get like potential. Hello, Umbris. Oh, yeah, because you're exiling their graveyard. Hello, Umbris. Yeah, that's a good card for Umbris. (laughs) Is it bad that we look at these decks and just like, what can we take apart and put in other decks? That's exactly what we were saying in the beginning. (laughs) I love this mechanic. This this card's really good. Yeah. They they make some pretty good cards in here. Now, granted, this Um, is one of the cards that needs, it does not have casualty on it naturally, right? So an Umbris... You probably wouldn't be copying it. I don't know how much copy you have in your Umbris deck, but mm-hmm. it's fine. It's it's still a good card without the casualty. Yep. The casualty is just you know the cherry on top. I like I like this card too. It's make an example three and a black for a sorcery. Each opponent separates the creatures they control into two piles. For each opponent, you choose one of the piles. Each opponent sacrifices the creatures in their chosen pile. Piles can be empty. That's incredible. That's almost, that's a four mana one-sided board wipe or semi-board wipe. No, because like you, that if you casualty that, you make them sacrifice all of their creatures. No, because they would then take that pile and separate it again. You resolve the full card and then you have it, the board state resumes and then the second iteration of it casts. Oh, I see what you're saying. So, okay. sure, you can whittle them down, like, super heavily. Yeah. Okay. But, so- like, let's say I'm playing somebody with, like, Elish Norn and a bunch of dorks. Yeah. You know? Like, what are they going to do? Yeah. And then... Put put 50 dorks with Elish Norn? Or, you know, that's a this is a good card. For four mana, it hits all of your opponents? Mm-hmm. That's, that's good. Yeah, I'm going to gonna take that. <laughs> that's... I'll take... For four mana, I'll take that rate any day. Yeah. I'm I'm not gonna buy the wow. precon, but I'm getting that card. <laughs> yeah, good design. I do. I understand why it's a sorcery because I don't know why you would need to have that at instant speed. But actually, I do know why because you want to on someone end someone's end step. They played a Elish Norn. You want to get rid of it before you can play any anything anyway. Exactly. So yeah, I think there's a lot of decent cards in here that are are fun, and I think casualty is is an interesting mechanic. I don't think it's like a super high powered deck. Like, I don't even think it's close, uh, but I could definitely see it being fun, especially if you upgrade it with some of the stuff from Strixhaven, like we were saying. Oh, like, yeah. From the- any copy, anything that's going to give you a bunch of copy abilities or benefit from the copying. Throw a Veyran in here. Veyran would be great. Oh, yeah. What you really need is a good generator of cheap tokens. I'm talking like Army of the Damned or yeah. um Field of the Field of the Dead. Field of the Dead. That's what I'm talking about. Army of the Damned is actually in the deck and is a good inclusion as well. 
Field of the Dead is the one that m- makes you a two-two zombie whenever a land enters the battlefield. Oh, if you yeah. control seven or more bet dead or yeah. battle or types of lands, isn't that like a forty-dollar card though? Is it really that much now? I let me double check. I haven't looked in a while, but thirty dollars. Okay, thirty. That's still. Let's talk about some upgrades for this deck, huh? <laughs> I've got one, Chris. Yeah, what is it? Field of the Dead. <laughs> wow, good job. I will say kudos to Wizards for putting in Cascade Bluffs as a land in here. That's a $4 land. Oh. Yeah, look at that. They, they listen to our podcast and we're like, you know what? We'll, we'll meet them in the middle. Yeah. Not going to give them like <laughs> a really good land, but. No. I mean, the enchantments are really nice. The Terminatoration is really good. Cryptic Pursuit is fine. I mean, it's it's a manifest ability. Cascade Bluffs or Thriving Bluff? Cascade Bluffs. That's $4? Interesting. Yeah. Well, it's good. It's mana fixing. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's did, very much mana fixing. Did they, they did not throw in the Tri-Land of the, the, the house. They didn't throw in the house yeah. Tri-Land. Put in the Triome, guys. What the guys. hell? Put in the, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. That, that to me is astounding. <laughs> we are a good reprint in Lightning Greaves. I mean, yeah, that's good. That's always a good reprint there. Twinning Staff is always fun. I always enjoy a good Twinning Staff. Getting more Wayfarers baubles, but that was reprinted, I think, in the set. Yeah, they they've been reprinting that a decent amount. Mm-hmm. That was in one of the other precons as well, like a couple couple back. Yeah. So what would I what would I put in this deck to upgrade it? The Maestro's Triland. Yeah, Xander's Lounge. Sure. <laughs> sure. I'm you're, sorry, you're, I can't get over that. There. I can't get over that. Like, why wouldn't they do that? <laughs> oh. It makes no this sense. one's actually really good. So you said Talrand before, but Talrand is amazing for this deck because the birds, the drakes are two twos. That's what, yeah. Yeah, so great inclusion with Talrand. I'm surprised. Talrand's 30 cents. Why is he not in this deck already? He is super cheap, I guess. Yeah, because they printed him. There's like 50 iterations of him. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Archmage Meritus is a really good card, mm-hmm. right? Gives you your draw. I think a really cool one that you could also do is throw Orvar in there. Give, get some uh, copy shenanigans. Okay, okay, that could be good. That could be good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like the. I like what you're. I, I like what you're putting down. Because you could like you could target something, use it to use itself to casualty, and then you just get a token copy of it. Yeah, pop it Stitcher from Midnight Hunt is also really good. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, make a two-two black zombie creature token with decayed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you're casting a lot of spells in this. Let's look at some of the instants that I think would be good. Cyclonic Rift. <laughs> uh, Rakdos Charm is actually a really nice one. I'm surprised that's not in here. That one's pretty cheap. I know this is a cheesy thing to say, but if you happen to have one lying around, Fierce Guardianship, awesome card. It's only $75. You could do a Thousand Year Storm. That's a good enchantment. Mm-hmm. That's 10 bucks. That's pretty... Oh, Shark Typhoon. You got to get Shark Typhoon. You got to get Shark Typhoon. <laughs> That's a need. That's a must. Yeah. And Double Vision. I feel like Double Vision would work really well with the commander. It's in there. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's it. in there. Okay. Don't even know your own family. Cut, cut it out. <laughs> cut it. Cut, chip, chip that part out. I don't know. I feel like just with this deck, pretty much you're just, you're kind of making a shell of a cast deck, mm-hmm. which is fine, you know? Yeah. And maybe you take this deck and you upgrade it a little bit and say, hmm, Kess is better. I'm yeah. just going to put Kess at the head and then slowly you turn into a Kess deck. And maybe that's the natural path for a magic player. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, no, you're not wrong. Yeah. Like you could go look at the high powered cards 
four casts and just literally do that. What should I include? Ponder, Brainstorm, Cabal Ritual, Faithless Looting. Oh, you know what this deck would really benefit from? Demonic Consultation, Thassa's Oracle combo? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why not, Tim? Uh, you know, it's a good one. Repeated Reverberation, uh, <laughs> Seething Song, you know? Dockside Extortionist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's just slap some of that in. Opposition agent. You know, let's not even have anything to do with copying spells. Let's just turn it into a crap deck. It makes everyone angry. You know, like Barol, Chief of Compliance. Great card. Turn into a counters deck. Look, I mean... We could talk all day ooh, about you know upgrades. Another another good one from Strixhaven would be Solve the Equation. It's an instant or sorcery tutor. Oh, yeah. That would be good. Actually, just really any tutor, but that's, well, a, that's a bold statement for me to make. Yeah. Guys, tutors make your decks better. You shut your mouth. I just, that's filthy talk for me. All I'm saying is solve the equation. It's a sorcery, but it's also $3.25. So if you're not trying to break the bank, getting a different Yikes. tutor. All right, Tim. Of these commanders in this deck, mm-hmm. let's say you have, an of the legendary creatures, you have Angelo the Painter, Parnes the Subtle Brush, Cass Dissident Mage and Cormella Glamour Thief. Which of the four would you be most interested in making a deck for? Let's not include Cass because that one's pretty obvious. Yeah. Let's say of the of the three. Yeah, the three new ones. I think I would go Anello for multiplayer, mm-hmm. and I think I would change it up, and I would do uh, Parnes for one v one because I do. The more I thought about it, the more I liked having that be a one v one commander. You know, I mean, it's it's great, right? Because like, you know, two you get two copies of something and they get one. OK, sure. Yep. And um, but if they, they could use that kill spell to kill Parnes and then therefore it nullifies the whole <laughs> the deck. But if if you're doing a kill spell, yeah, sure. You're probably. But no, having having that top ability on Parnes is awesome. Yeah. The pay for life. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really know? like that. So I think I'd agree with you. I think I would want to build Parnes of this in this deck. I just I feel like if I wanted to build Angelo with the casualty two mechanic, I would rather just build Kess. That's fair. You know, Parnes brings enough interesting uniqueness to that that I feel like I'd have more fun building Parnes. It's more political. Yeah. Kess is just how fast can I cast expropriate? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and if ever, ever, Tim, you play Angelo and you casualty to a blood soaked champion to cast expropriate twice we're throwing fists <laughs> i'd take that <laughs> <laughs> i just play it and i run away <laughs> that's right all right what do you say we move on to my deck in the amazingly intricate buzzfeed test that i took with wizards i got the broker family brokers being the bant family they're kind of there's been theories going around that they were supposed to be cops but then they became lawyers i don't know i'd they're essentially the lawyers of the corrupt lawyers of this town. The face commander for the precon is Perry the Pulverizer, which is just an awesome name. <laughs> He's one green, white, blue for a 3 3 rhino soldier. When Perry enters the battlefield, put a shield counter on target creature. Shield is essentially a totem, but any amount of damage removes it. Whenever Perry attacks, target creature you control gains trample and gets plus X plus X until end of turn where X is the the number of different kinds of counters among permanents you control. Counter tribal, baby! Yeah. You know? All right. First and foremost, there's one 
token. There's one card in this deck that just has to be in here, and that's the Ozolith. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm immediately adding the Ozolith to this deck if I build this. You, you have to. So with that being said, why don't we look at some of the cards that are going to be in here? Mm -hmm. The alternate commander is pretty straightforward. It's Kroos, Defense Contractor. One green, white, blue for a 2-4 Cat Advisor. At the beginning of your upkeep, put a shield counter on target creature and opponent controls. Whenever you put one or more counters on a creature you don't control, tap that creature and goad it. It gains trample until your next turn. So that's kind of fun. That's more, that's very politically, you know, getting your opponents to fight each other and, and goading, protecting yeah. their things for them, which is fun. Yeah, that's, I, I kind of like that. And if it's 1v1 and it gets goaded, it just can't attack you. So you could just nullify something for a bit. It will attack you. Oh, is it, is goad if attacks each, anyone each but combat you? And attacks a player other than you if able. If able, but it still has to attack. It still has to attack, no matter okay. what. It ha Unless you figure out a way to tap it, it mm -hmm. has to attack. Okay. So, like, you do that with, like, I don't know, your opponent's creature that they're trying to set up a combo with. You know what I mean? That doesn't yeah. have, like, an activated ability or something like that. Mm -hmm. They also included a Janara Asura of War for green, white, blue. You get a 3-3 angel with flying, one and a white. Put a plus one counter on it. Okay. A good, good mana dump. When you make your infinite mana in blue and green? Question. Uh-huh. Multiple shield counters. Does one get destroyed or does one damage one. destroy all of them? One will get destroyed because it's per combat. But if you did double strike, both would get destroyed. But like, say say they hit you with like a grape shot. That doesn't... Or like, they just paint Every you Every instance, grape shot would just get rid of one. Okay. But then if also like, you know, blasphemous act would also only get rid of one. Yeah, okay. I kind of like that then. Then proliferate would be a really good mechanic to throw yes. in here. Yes. I think this deck screams Atraxa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if only it had black. I mean, you could throw her in here. You could make her the commander. Make her the commander and then ignore the whole deck, but then just take some of the things that you like from it. <laughs> I guess that's true. <clears throat> this one's fun. So another new card they're adding is Angelic Sleuth. Two and a white for a 2-3 Angel Advisor. Flying. Whenever another permanent you control leaves the battlefield, if it had counters on it, investigate. That's not bad. No. I think this deck is just a ton of that's not bad. Oh, you know, you know what I mean? Uh, Sorry, real quick. Just thought of something. Well, just saw something. Resourceful defense. That's why they didn't have... Well, that's a, an Ozolith. Uh, oh. Yeah. This... Okay, I now... You're right. You're right. Good call. Good call. The, I will you want to read it? Yeah, I, I'll read it out, and then I have a, a thought. Resourceful defense, two and a white. It's an enchantment. It says, whenever a permanent you control leaves the battlefield, if it had counters on it, put those counters on target permanent you control. And it also has four and a white. Move any number of counters from target permanent you control to another target permanent you control. That's a great card. The only thing that the Ozolith kind of beats it out is, like, a creature board wipe. Yes. So, like, all your creatures would leave. You'd be moving counters around, but then they would all die anyway. <clears throat> well, hold on. What's stopping you from just putting them on resourceful defense? Oh, it does say permanent. It doesn't say creature. Doesn't permanent. say creature permanent. Nothing. I mean, granted, you have. <laughs> granted, you have to pay four and a white to move them off of resource defense, but that's fine. Honestly, I kind of like resource defense. Yeah, this card is good. There's uh, a reason it's the most expensive card in this deck. That might be going in a track side. I love uh, pulling like one to two cards out of each of these precons. <laughs> <laughs>
This this deck is fun. I like this deck. Honestly, just whatever I can, all the different types, like like with um Ikoria, they made all kinds of fun. Like Luminarch, Luminarch is uh, the Ascendant. Uh, uh what's the the angel? Or not the angel, the 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 butterfly, the moth. The one that gives flying tokens? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Luminous I, Brood Moth. That's, that's the name it. of it. Whatever creature you control without flying dies, return to the battlefield with flying counter on it. There's tons of really good, weird counters that they made up in Ikoria. I think, so this this one, I will say that Perry, the Pulverizer, great name. He's, he's I think he's a decent card, but he's not that interesting. He's fine. That's... He, he is he, fine. He, but I think I like the deck behind the commander better than the I actual agree. commander. I think Kroos is a more fun political based commander. I I think there's a lot of good things in here. I would almost want to throw a different counter based commander. Like we said Atraxa, but if you want to keep the same colors, you could go um crap, what's that bird's name? Oshai Ujitai. O Ujitai, yeah. And then then a green uh Oshai, yeah green partner no for sure i do like the fact that if you look at all the artifacts that all of them are just like how many different types of counters could we make right Mm -hmm. it's like power conduit makes charge counters everflowing chalice is charge counters Mm -hmm. agent's toolkit gives a bunch of counters midnight clock makes our counters oblivion stone makes fate counters yeah well they they want that to synergize with parry Exactly. Exactly. I just I love that. Yeah. I love that it's com- they, they they at least put some thought into making all of these absurd counters. Yes. Yeah. In terms of new spells, I mean exotic pets. Obviously, we're making fish. I got you. Got to love exotic pets. <laughs> Do they put sleep with the fishes in here? They didn't. No, nah, it's not here. They should be. Darn it. However, here is a great card for this deck: Storm of Forms, three and a blue. When you cast this spell. Copy it for each kind of counter among permanents you control. You may choose new car- new targets for the copies. Return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand. That good. is very good in this. Yeah. That that would be so good. And like, I don't know, it's almost like a cheaper but harder to pull off cyclonic rift. And I I would suffice if to say worse in every single way. Sure. It's well, no, because it makes a ton of copies. Cyclonic Rift can be countered with one counter spell. That is true. It's not worse in every way. I found the okay. silver lining. All right, yeah, you found one one way. Uh, but I will say, I think the the part the thing that's really holding it back is the fact that you need the different kinds of counters to do oh, it. Oh, for sure, a hundred percent. Like you're you're. I think on average you're going to get maybe two bounces out of this thing, two to three. Maybe, but that might be enough. It might be. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's bad, but I am saying like <laughs> Cyclonic Rift is better. So what I'm hearing from you is to make this deck better, just replace it with Cyclonic Rift. Uh, I, if you, better, yes. More annoying, also yes. Yeah. <laughs> Tim, what other cards would you want to put in here as upgrades? Um. Huh. Huh. Let me just open up my <clears throat> tracks. Your upgrade list. On, tapped out. <laughs> tracks to the list. Do you think a little bit of doubling season would be good in this? No, Chris. I think no. that card would not be good. No. Oh, you know who would definitely be very good because doubling season sucks and you're dumb. Uh, oh, sure. Who? <laughs> Vorinclex. Monsters. Oh Raider. yeah, yeah. Vorinclex would be really good in this. Mm-hmm. I really like Voral in this deck, and they've included Voral. 
He's the one that doubles counters on one target thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know what? We were talking about Quandrix. I think this is a, has a decent amount of synergy with Quandrix from Strixhaven, too. Yeah, for sure. Because there's uh, those the Quandrix twins, I think it was called or something. Uh, I'm not sure. Oh, um, there's the, the Dean of Substance from Quandrix. He makes study counters. Oh, no. I was talking about Adrix and Nev, twin casters. If one oh, more tokens. Them. Okay. Oh, they're only tokens. I thought they were counters. Never mind. I take it all back. <laughs> didn't they do they only do tokens or were they counters like not Two. them specifically but quandrix quandrix had some they had a lot of counters they uh, that's what i thought um but they were mostly plus one plus one counters let me look back at icoria though because we did get some decent stuff for entering the battlefield obviously shark Ty- shark shark typhoon is amazing yeah shark typhoon i just love that card it's just a fun card <laughs> it is uh ominous seas is really good in this one too. I don't know if Ominous Seas is included. It is not. That includes four shadow counters. And it's whenever you draw a card, put a four shadow counter on Ominous Seeds. Remove eight counters. Create an eight eight Kraken creature token. Like that's really good. I like that. That's a good one. And inc- they included Wingspan Mentor for my Coria, which is a flying counter. I like Rollesque. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm just looking at my Atraxa thing, but I You're love anything that says proliferate and then proliferate again. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so no, yeah, honestly, you're just trying to make as many counters as you possibly can with this deck. Yeah. And then also just like shield counters. They seem pretty good. Pretty good. Like they if you can find a way, like if you can proliferate them, I feel like that would be hard to deal with. Yeah, honestly, they they saved my butt a lot in the pre-release i got mm-hmm. the one angel that enters with two shield counters mm-hmm. and it did work i will i will fully fully support that deep close skate that's a good one just mm-hmm. when it enters double number of counters on target permanent so if you're doing plus one plus one that's obvious good benefits if you got shield counters obviously good benefits if you got flying tokens now it can fly three times and you need a creature with reach three to actually block it so that's all obviously <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, this guy's also really, really good for this deck too. The crystalline giant who's actually in it. Crystalline. He's also from crystalline giant. He's from Ikoria. He's three mana for a three, three at the beginning of combat in your turn, choose a kind of counter at random that it doesn't have on it from among flying first strike, death touch, have proof, hex proof, lifelink menace. Reach, mm. Trample, Vigilance, and plus one, plus one. Put a counter of that kind on Crystalline Giant. Okay, I like that. Let's just put every single counter on that guy. Why and, not? Yeah. And then and the best part is, if you know, if, if it dies, you just move everything to Resourceful Defense, yeah. and it gets it all right back. Yeah, for four mana. Or is it five, five mana? Yeah. Five mana, but you know, it's okay. It's four okay. Honestly, I do you have to do anything with Ozolith to move counters? No, it's just at the beginning of upkeep. Or beginning of combat. So I would definitely still throw an Ozolith in we'll put there. Put both in. Yeah, absolutely we'll put both. Put both. Definitely. That, oh, definitely. 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 Mega definitely. Contraction. Have we talked about contractual safeguard? I, I like that no, one. No, I don't think we have. You want to read it out? Yeah. It's two and a white and it's an instant and it says, Addendum. If you cast this spell during your main phase, put a shield counter on a creature you control. Choose a kind of counter on a creature you control. Put a counter of that kind on each other creature you control. So give everything shield counters. Give everything shield counters. That's or nice. I get you could do another like a plus one plus one counter or something like that. Or if you want yeah. to give everything hexproof because you put crystalline giant in there, give everything no, hexproof. This, this is a really 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 good counter to board wipes. Oh yeah, you just put, throw a shield counter on everything. 
Yeah, you just throw a shield counter. You know, like if you already just happen to have a shield counter out, mm-hmm. just plop. Haha, now everything has shield counters, now everything lives. Oh, yeah, I guess you would have to cast it during your main phase. No, like let's say something already has a shield counter out. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm getting oh, at. It's like, yeah. you can't. If you didn't have that. Yeah, you have to cast it during your main phase to get a shield counter if you didn't have one already. Exactly. Yeah. I I like this deck. It's honestly not. I think it's pretty good. It's, I think it I seems would actually. Fun. It seems fun. Yes. For a pre-con, this seems fun. Yeah. I think I'd rather run Kroos Defense Contractor because I am a big fan of Goad and I feel like we need more Goad. Yeah. I think Perry is like a decent card. I don't. I don't really like him as the head of the the commander deck. I mean, his name's Perry the Pulverizer. <laughs> yeah, so like, this dude, this dude's cool. He's pulverizing, all right, and he's got yeah. a giant ass hammer. This dude is cool. He's definitely like uh, like he's not bad, but I just as the the face of the precon deck, he's lacking in my opinion. No, I think he's perfect for the face of the precon deck. Oh, I think he's perfect because. He's very simple, very streamlined, and very much shows off what this deck wants to do. I think I replace him immediately, but that's because <laughs> well, there there's other things I want to do. But I think if I'm going to buy a deck, like if I look at Perry the Pulverizer, I know exactly what this deck is trying to do. Yeah. You know, so to me, that's perfect for the face. May not be the best card. That's fine. Better than Lenore. Well, I mean, a wet blanket <laughs> is better than Lenore. <laughs> yeah. I, I I guess my like what I was trying to get at is he himself only gives you plus one plus one because he all he gives you is a shield counter right I thought if sure. if he had something that says like choose from among types of like these like what crystalline giant has if he had something like that I feel like he'd just be so much better as the because then you can like each combat or each upkeep or whatever you can increase that it's not an immediate payoff it's not broken it's a slow ramp which is i think what precons should be sure and it just i don't know makes it more fun all he does is give you a shield counter i get that he is like they're trying to protect people in new capenna it's boring <laughs> it's- hear me out hear me out mm-hmm. what if you put a card like a rune in this deck uh what does that do or say rune of the hidden realm Two green, white, blue for a 4-4 Rhino Soldier with Vigilance and Trample. Two and tap. Exile another target creature. Return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control to begin the next end step. Okay. What if you put things like the flicker abilities in this deck and you just constantly flicker parry? I mean, yeah. Because because he allows you to put that shield counter not on himself, but on any target creature. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that would be better. I just think that he also could be better too, just by himself. Sure, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I would probably if in this deck I would put some flicker too. Yeah, you know. Oh, okay, yeah, flick because you're flickering him. He doesn't have any shield counters, so he doesn't lose them. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. had to think about it. But for a there's second. lots of really good flicker abilities that we could totally use. Uh, the new one that just came out that you know you can do it once a turn. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you've ever heard of this card, Fairy's Protection. Um, I mean, no one runs that. It's not good. Yeah, that's true. It's only, what, like 30 cents? I'm not going to put a card that's 30 cents in my deck. I think that's reasonably stated. (laughs) Teleportation Circle, that's the name of the card I'm thinking of. Yeah, okay. All right, Tim. I think that about does it for our deck analysis. We're For everyone still listening, we're going to put a poll out to see if you guys are interested in us doing the rest of the new Capanna decks. Let us know. We'd be happy to get your opinion, see if you like these kind of deck analysis, uh, analyses. I think is the plural of analysis. Analyses, yeah. Analyses. 
And then if you like, yeah, if you like more of the stuff like this, well, just let us know. There'll be a post. There'll be a, a a form on the on the Facebook for you guys to fill out, and that'll be posted live around the same time the episode comes out. Other big milestones: we just hit five thousand downloads, dude. Yeah, I, th- I think at time of recording, it we're at five thousand like twenty two or something. So <laughs> we're cruising. Yeah, yeah, and so honestly, thank you guys again for continuing to listen and and join in on the fun, and hopefully enjoying some of the crap we spew about this wonderful complicated enjoyable game we play called magic the gathering yeah yeah thanks guys yeah i feel like we say that every episode (laughs) we haven't said that in a while have we not maybe it just maybe it just feels like we do because we used to say it a lot which is Uh, like early on yeah and then we stopped because no one liked us well and like it's not like it's not true but also like i don't want to don't want to be a broken record and be like at the that's true so maybe yeah maybe i could have sworn we said it like last week maybe we didn't i don't think so hmm I could be wrong. Regardless, don't be a soft-shelled crab. I'm bringing it back. It's oh, coming God. back. That is a deep reference right there. That's Yeah, it is. Despite All right, guys, don't be a soft-shelled crab. Despite the fact that it's on a shirt that no one's bought. It's <laughs> a deep reference. I don't think we should say no one's bought, but lying? it's true. Yeah. <laughs> don't be a soft-shelled crab. That's going to be our new sign-off. Jim, what's our anti-sponsor? Is it soft-shelled crabs? All right, let's talk about soft-shelled crabs for a little bit. I mean... We, I didn't we, was is this how the that was that's this was like our first anti-sponsor it, it wasn't even an anti-sponsor it was just something that we complained about at the time so like it was the, the spiritual uh the pre- spiritual successor well predecessor to the spiritual predecessor to anti-sponsors uh, anti-sponsor so yeah. let's make it an official anti-sponsor okay all right i think we're i hate soft-shelled crabs I, they're gross. I was always told when uh, picking crabs, you don't eat the lungs. You don't eat the like. I know some people like the the mustard in like the the head of the crabs and like the brain. I'm one of those people. I don't. I don't actually think I've ever tried it, so I can't say it one way or the other. But I was always told, do not eat the lungs. Yes. So like, they are bottom feeders. Yeah. So like, why is in a soft shell crab it's okay? Because just you, you you fry it. It's healthy. I, That's science, Tim. I guess. <laughs> You steam the crap out of crabs. Like, would that not also like get to the same temperature as uh, frying? deep deep frying? Like steam. Like, let's think about that this way, Tim. Right? Steam is at two twelve Fahrenheit. Oil gets up to three four hundred degrees. Mm, that that is true. Science. Yeah, but does the inside get up to three four hundred degrees? I have no idea. I don't know if it does. <laughs> I'm not a cook. What am regardless, I? Regardless. What? <laughs> <laughs> regardless. Soft shell crabs are gross. I don't like anything that I'm eating a carapace of. Yeah. Like, I know some, like, when you fry some, like, sometimes when you fry shrimp, they say, like, oh, the, the shell gets crunchy enough that you can just eat it. I don't... I, uh-uh. Uh, peel yeah. that bad boy off. Yeah. Peel that off, man. The shell on shrimp is just as gross as the shell on crab. Yeah. Now, granted, it is soft, so it's not exactly... It's not the same, but it's still... I just don't want to be eating, yeah, like... I, yeah. It's weird. Yeah. It's just weird. Like, that shell's meant to hold all the gooey goodness in. You don't... It's... It's, I don't know, man. Like, could you imagine like someone hands you like a Tootsie Roll lollipop, but it's like partially melted. So it's like gooey on the outside, but also gooey on the inside. Aren't, isn't it like kind of crunchy though? Like the soft, the soft shell. Cr- yeah, it's soft. It's crunchy because it's been deep fried in batter. Well, that's what I mean is like, it's, <laughs> you know. Okay, fine. You take a Tootsie Roll, dip it in batter and deep fry it. It'd be like leaving the, the Tootsie Roll in its wrapper, frying it, and being like, well, it's fried, so the wrapper's going to be... <laughs> yeah, just... that's gross. Yeah. That's gross. Hey, see this Tootsie Roll right here? Let's deep fry the Tootsie Roll, wrapper and all. You know someone has deep fried a Tootsie Roll. Like, 
Maybe I deep, not with the I mean, wrapper, I've had, but I've had deep fried Oreos. I hot They're take. Good. I don't like them that much. Wow. Oh, yeah. We're learning a lot today. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's it's better than a soft shell crab, but it yeah. I, I'd rather just have the Oreo. That's that's my hot take of the day. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's a hot take. Yeah. That's all I got. Literally. <laughs> yeah. But um. All right. Plug time. Tim, you do the plugs today. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, oh, th- I am on the spot here. This was very much not planned. Okay, um, we have a Facebook. Please follow us on the Facebook Casual Commander Podcast. Doing a lot of things like we- Chris mentioned, we're going to be putting a poll up there to see if you guys want us to talk about the other pre-cons in the uh, Nuka Penna set. We do a lot of fun posts like Wildcard Wednesday, posted about Earth Day a few days back. That was a, a rousing success. Um, yay, Earth. Yay, Earth. Uh, follow us on the Twitter. I tweet stupid things when I remember to. And yeah, sometimes I post so- about things that happened. Like I post about I posted about the 11% increase. I gave my thoughts. Spoiler alert. They were not great thoughts. Follow us on uh, the Discord. We got uh, a nice little community going on of people who like to play games. We like talking about things. Uh, post deck techs deck reviews like hey what do you guys think i should throw in here it's a bunch of fun stuff like that if you guys like us and you liked our discussion about soft shell crabs head over to our merch store got some shirts some hoodies i think we got mugs i believe we have a mug a mug <laughs> we have one mug <laughs> um so yeah we got like got a little merch store going on so if you like us and want to help support us in any way buy a little merch or you can also help support us on patreon Gets you some fun stuff inside of the Discord. We have some like AMAs and stuff like that. There's a, there's perks depending on the tier level that you choose. Uh, but most importantly, if you guys don't uh, want to or or can't support us financially, support us with word of mouth. That's honestly one of the best things you can do. So yeah, oh god, that was a lot. Good job. <laughs> oh man, how'd that, how'd that feel? Uh, there's a spotlight on me. I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We are coming up to our one-year anniversary. I got some fun things planned for that. So mm-hmm. be sure to tune in when that episode comes out. Uh, yes, I'm very excited. Until then, don't be a soft-shelled crab. <laughs> I'm making that the sign-off. I, I don't know if it's going to catch on. It's just so, I don't care. It's so random. <laughs> I know. That's, that's why it's going to be funny. All right. You ever watch the movie? Um, it's the Andy Samberg movie where he's a pop star. Never Stop, Never Stopping. Oh, I actually haven't seen that. Oh, you got it. You like Andy Samberg, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. You have to watch this movie. Okay. Yeah. I thought you were going to say, when you said Andy Samberg, I thought you were going to say Hot Rod, because I love also Hot great Rod. movie. Yeah. This is this is literally just Hot Rod 2 with more profanity. Oh, okay, cool. And it's hilarious. Yeah. It makes It's making fun of all like those 2008 documentary movies for like Katy Perry and Justin Bieber. Yeah, yeah. It's good. It's okay. really good. All right, let's do our actual sign-off. Okay. Until then, remember, don't be a soft-shelled crab. I'm doing it. I don't, I don't, uh, if it catches on, I'm going to be floored. You're going to be. It's whatever. I'm going to continue to do it. I'm right. Chris. And I'm Tim. And this is Casual Commander. And we love you. Unless you're a soft-shelled crab. <laughs> <laughs>